they got through singing for I was ready. Amen. Praise the Lord. That, but hey, that's what we need. We need to be glorifying the Lord. Uh, 2024, great year, great year. You say, how how you know it's great? The Lord gave it to us. That's yeah. how I know it's great. Amen. And we want to welcome everyone. Glad you're here. Welcome those by the way of internet. Let's stand if you will. We're going to ask a blessing on the service. Ask God to work in a special way. And then we're going to sing a little bit tonight. Amen. Our Father, we do love you and we want to just praise you for, uh, Lord, another day of life, another opportunity to be with your people and in your house. And I pray tonight that the Holy Spirit of God will be able to work, be able to give us what we need as we go tomorrow to, uh, Lord, serve you. May you, Lord, just have your will and way in our lives. And, Lord, we'll just pray Lord, you help that one that's not sure of heaven tonight. May this be the day of salvation. Lord, we'll love you. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We'll take your hymnal and go to page 502. 502. We'll sing verses 1, 2, and 4. 1, 2, and 4. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead. is Lord indeed. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, the trumpet call obey. For through the mighty conflict in this his glorious day, he that our men now serve him against unnumbered foes. Let courage rise with danger and strength to strength oppose. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, the strife will not be long. This day of noise of battle, the next the victor's song. Righty. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer for the offering, and I'm going to ask Brother Russ if he would please lead us in prayer tonight.
hymnal, go to page 570, 570. Just remain seated. We'll sing verses 1, 2, and 4. 1, 2, and 4. Encamped along the hills of light, ye Christian soldiers rise, and press the battle ere the night shall veil the glowing skies. Against the foe and veils below, let all her strength be hurled. Faith is the victory we know that overcomes the world. Faith is the victory, faith is the victory. Oh, glorious victory that overcomes the world. His banner over us is love, our sword, the word of God. We tread the road, the saints above, with shouts of triumph trod. By faith they like a whirlwind's breath, swept on her every field. The faith by which they conquered death. Is still her shining shield. Faith is a victory. Faith is a victory. Oh, glorious victory that overcomes the world. To him that overcomes the foe, white raiment shall be given. Before the angels he shall know his name confessed in heaven. Then upward from the hills of light, our hearts with love aflame, we'll vanquish all the host of night in Jesus' conquering name. Faith is a victory, faith is a victory, oh, glorious victory that overcomes the
Bless you. Amen. Uh, all of us can say that. The Lord's been faithful to me. I wish I could say I've always been faithful to the Lord. But uh, there's times that we all fail. Amen. Well, we want to thank you for being here. Let's stand. We're going to, if you're able, we'll uh, let you stand. We're going to shake hands. Brother Tony's going to lead us in the course. It's page 674. If you need the words, it's not on the back of the bulletin. In my life, Lord. We're going to do verses 1 and 3. 1 and 3. While you're finding your seats, let's sing it through once more. In my life, Lord, be glorified, be glorified. We'll take your bullet if you would, please, and I'll make a few announcements. We've added another sign-up sheet, and so we do have one down here for the uh, appreciation banquet, the workers' appreciation banquet. So um, if you do anything in the church, listen, we want you to sign up. Uh, this is just a, a way that uh, a pastor uh, has done for years to just show appreciation uh, for all of our workers. There's no way you could uh, do what uh, the church needs to do without people getting involved. And, uh, and doing their part. And so we praise God for that. So please sign up and uh, no cost to you. 
And safety team, I mean, sound, uh, grounds, choir, I mean, everybody. You know if you're doing something for the Lord, right? So sign up, and it'll be a great time of fellowship. Looking forward to that. And then there's a sign-up sheet for the couples retreat. You need to sign up for that as soon as possible. And then this is the last day, I think, we'll have the um, wedding reception list out for Rebecca and Carrie's wedding. That wedding's going to be on February the 10th, 11 a.m. And so we're going to give Paul those numbers uh, this week. And so please sign up for that if you haven't already, and remember that. And then uh, look in your bulletin. We'll go ahead and make those announcements. And so um, election of office and teachers a week from Wednesday, be on the 17th. So be pleased to be praying about that. And then it's worker appreciation dinners on the 20th. That's a Saturday, 6 p.m. Uh, that same day uh, on, on the 20th, we'll uh, meet for bus visitation at, um, at 10 a.m. here at the church. And so uh, not this coming Saturday, but the following Saturday. So please remember that. By the way, we've got, I think, eight devotional books uh, back there for, for the book of Proverbs. So if you haven't picked up one of those, please do that. I think they're $5. Just leave a, a $5 bill or five ones or however many quarters, whatever you got, right, uh, in the basket there. That'll take, help take care of that. And then be praying about our rally in the valley. Brother Steve Pickett will be with us and, uh, from Fairfax Baptist Temple uh, there in Fairfax, Virginia. And so uh, he'll be staying over for Sunday for our, um, our anniversary Sunday, 42 years as we celebrate that. And then so once again, uh, we'll have a combined Sunday school up here, and then uh, we'll have uh, our regular service, regular Sunday school, and then we'll uh, have a dinner on the grounds, no p.m. service on the 28th, please remember that. And you see the information about uh, the month of February, a lot of things going on there. And then uh, happy birthday this week to Donna Wood, congratulations to her on another year of life. All right, let's take a songbook, uh, stand with us one more time, and uh, Tony's going to come lead us in a song. Page 508, 508. We'll sing all three verses. <clears throat> Would you live for Jesus and be always pure and good? Would you walk with him within the narrow road? Would you have him bear your burden, carry all your load? Let him have his way with thee. His power can make you what you want. heart and make you free his love can fill your soul and you will sing twice best for him to have his way with thee would you have him make you free and follow at his call would you know the peace that comes by giving all would you have him save you so that you can never fall let him have his way with you. His power can make you what you ought to be. His blood can cleanse your heart and make you free. His love can fill your soul and you will sing. T'was best for him to have his way with you in his kingdom find a place of constant rest? Would you prove him true in providential test? Would you in his service labor always at your best? Let him have his way with thee. His power can make you what you ought to be. His blood can cleanse your heart and make you free. His love can fill your soul and you will see. T'was best for 
Take your Bibles, if you will, and go to Second uh, John. That's over in almost near the end of the New Testament. It's a little short letter. Don't get your hopes up. You'll get a short sermon. But anyway, that's the way it is. Amen. Mr. Davin, if you'll come, honey. Amen. Keep searching for a way out Seems like padlocks on the door Oh, there must be another sunrise Another sunset that I'll see God will make this trial a blessing That's the love he has for me God will make this trial a blessing Though it sends me to my knees Though my tears flow like a river Get in him there's sweet relief There's no need to get discouraged There's no need to talk defeat God will make this trial a blessing Just be patient, you will see I was not the first one To come into this place You see, every child of God this test you must face It is here that God will hold you Make you what you ought to be God will make this trial a blessing And just be patient you will see Now I'm standing on that mountain Looking back I can see When I was in that lowest valley his strong hand was leading me Oh, it's good to see the sunshine And to taste sweet victory God has made this trial a blessing All the love he gives to me God will make this trial a blessing Though it send you to your knees Though your tears flow like a river Yet in him there's Talk discouraged, there's no need to talk defeat. God will make this trial a blessing, and the whole wide world will see. God will make this trial a blessing, though it sends you to your knees, though your tears flow like a river. Yet in Him there's 
buttons. That is the truth, isn't it? God will make a trial a blessing. We don't always understand them, and we'd like to avoid them, but they're there for our good, for His glory. And so we just praise the Lord for it. Amen. Walking in truth, that is our theme for this year. And if you look in 2 John, uh, the epistle of 2 John there, and uh, we'll start reading in verse 1. It says, the elder unto the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all they that have known the truth, for the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever. Grace be unto you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. I rejoice greatly that I found... a of thy children walking in truth as we have received a commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I write a new, or wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we have from the beginning, that ye love one another. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment, that as ye have heard from the beginning, you should walk in him. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. And look ye to yourselves that ye lose not those things which ye have wrought, but that ye receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. And if there, be, if there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not in your house, neither bid him Godspeed. He that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. Have many things to write unto you, and I would not write with paper and ink, but I trust to uh, come unto you, and speak face to face that your joy may be full. The children of thy elect sister greet thee. Amen. Go back to verse 4. We'll draw our, our text and our thought tonight from this. Notice he says, I greatly rejoice that I found of thy children walking in truth. Walking in truth. You know, uh, John thanks God for these dear people, this church that... Uh, he has here and uh, that is writing and in mind of. And, you know, when you, you think about it, uh, the greatest news and greatest encouragement that any pastor can, can have is to know that his people are walking according to the Word of God. They're walking in the truth of the Word of God. And yet to walk in the truth... Uh, uh, means to accept the, the message of Scripture and not only accept it and believe it, but endeavor to obey it. That's the idea here of obeying the truth of the Word of God. And here in John, when he talks about walking in the truth, 
He refers to loving one another. <coughs> he thinks about and talks about confessing Christ, that he has come in the flesh. And not only that, but also that, you know what, uh, when you confess that he's come in the flesh, that you know what, you, you, you make it sure and you've settled it, that, hey, I know Christ as my personal Savior. And this, this behavior will result in fellowship with other Christians, Christians of like faith. Now, you know, there, there's a lot of people that I know. They're, they're, you say, well, Brother Raider, I hope you know a lot of people. Well, I do. But, you know, I know a lot of people that, you know, uh, really don't like me, don't like what I stand for, don't like the way I preach. You know what I say to that? Sorry about that. I can't help that. But, you know, the thing of it is, is that, that every one of us, as we think about it, must make this decision how I'm going to walk. Am I going to walk according to what others think? Am I going to walk the way that I want to walk? Or am I going to walk according to the Word of God, the truth? And, and you know, the embodiment of truth is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the truth. He is the way. Uh, and He is our life. And everything that we, we try to, to do centers around our uh, putting Him in His proper place and being submissive unto uh, the truth because uh, as uh, John said, the truth shall, uh, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. A lot of people want to be free tonight, but they're bound by their sin. They're bound by their, their traditions. They're bound by their, their religion. And so we must make a priority tonight to do one thing and that is to to walk in the truth. Now, the truth you understand, that, and I understand, is the Word of God. The truth is uh, the Lord Jesus. And, and, and no matter where we are or who we are, we should not be ashamed of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, truth takes us to a, a permanent abode. You know, uh, you know, people say, well, Brother Ritter, I don't really believe there's anything such as absolute truth. Everything's kind of relative, you know, and, you know, just however you feel, whatever you think will make you happy. And, yeah, and there's going to be multitudes in hell tonight because of that thinking. Well, I'm religious, Brother Ritter. I go to church. Well, you think I am a heathen? Well, it doesn't matter what I think. The truth of it is, Jesus said there's one way to heaven, and that way is through me. And so <laughs> we must realize that, that if I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that truth needs to abide in me. And, and that's the idea of our text here as he talks about walking in truth. In other words, not only say I believe the truth, not only say that, you know, I know the Bible is real and I know that it is the truth, but I'm going to walk in the truth. In other words, every day, I'm going to be led by the scriptures. I think that's one of the most amazing things in my life that I've seen that as a, as a young man when I got saved, and boy, I tell you what, when I got saved, I had a lot of baggage. But I had a great pastor. I had a pastor that loved me. I had a pastor that loved the Lord. And you know what he did? Every time I'd get, ask him a question, he'd just give me a scripture. He said, go home, chew on that, think about that, meditate on that, read that, study that. 
And, and you know what? <coughs> I'd never go back to him about, uh, about the question. Why? Because when I went to the Word of God, I found that my answer wasn't in the preacher. The answer was in the book. And so you must practice the Word of God. Now, what does the practice in the Word of God is? Uh, you know what? When I practice the Word of God, you know what it does? It brings me to a place. As, and I love what John says here in John chapter, uh, 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. He said, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandment, and his commandments are not grievous. You know, a lot of people say, well, Brother Renner, don't you understand that it's hard to keep the word of God. It's hard to walk in love. It's hard to walk in joy. And it's hard to have the, to be filled with the spirit of God according to that verse. It's not grievous at all. So something must be wrong if we're saying we, need, we want to walk in the Word. You know what the trouble is? Is that, that when the Word of God becomes grievous, it just is a little light shining on the heart. Shining on the heart. It exposes maybe some darkness. Maybe it shows you something that, you know, uh, you're really wrestling with and you, you just seem like you can't get the victory over. <laughs> Let me give you an illustration of that. I remember I worked with an old boy in Chattanooga, Tennessee when I was in Bible college at Doors of Distinction. It was a marvelous place to work. We had Cyclops and we had, uh, we had, we just about had everything that, that was there that was uh, unholy and, un, and ungodly and we just, but it was a good place to work. And uh, you say, well, it's a good place to work because I could work my schedule. I could go to school and come and go to work and come home and, and, and you know, and I could do that. But the thing of it was, is it was like it was a young man there, and I say he was a young man. He was probably about 30, and uh, as a matter of fact, he's from up this way, and he had moved to Chattanooga. And, and you know, and one day he said, uh, right, he said, uh, he said, how do you, how do you get victory over things of the flesh? I said, well, I said, uh, you know, uh, why are you asking? He said, well, he said, you know, he said, when I got saved, he said, I had no trouble at all quit drinking. He said, I was so excited about being saved. He said, but I got this little problem. And he's talking about dipping snuff and chewing tobacco. <laughs> And I looked at him, I said, well, let me ask you a question. Do you want to give it up? His eyes got pretty big, and he said, hmm, I think that's trouble. I don't want to give it up. You see, you and I need to realize that, you know, we need to practice the truth. Because the world is looking for somebody that is different. They're not, I'm not talking about being weird, you know. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, you know just saying I'm holy and, and, you know, trying to prove it by your outward appearance. But yet in the sense that, hey, uh, my holiness, my righteousness, my goodness, my love for people comes from within. And so, you know what? Your walk really is what people look at in and I think it was Gandhi that said, you know, I'd be a Christian if it wasn't for Christians. Well, that's a slap in the face, isn't it? Hmm? That really puts you in your place, don't it? 
<coughs> the thing I want you to see is, is that, that tonight you and I need to do what? Uh, when we're talking about walking, we need to love one another. We need to abide in Christ. And I'm just kind of recapping what I've already said on Wednesday night. Well, we ought to have joy. Look what it says in verse 4. He said, I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in, in joy. Verse 12 talks about that our joy may be full. You see, if I'm not really joyful, and I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to me. If I'm really not joyful as a Christian, my problem isn't others. My problem is my fellowship in the Word. Because the joy of the Lord, Nehemiah says, is our strength. And where am I going to find the joy of the Lord? Well, you're certainly not going to find it on TV. You're not going to find it in the average book. But you can find that, hey, the one place that, that, that it, there is joy is right here. And when, when I'm right with the Lord and when I'm in the Word of God and when I'm, I'm, I'm living the truth to the best of my ability, and the thing about living the truth and, and walking in the truth is, is that the more you spend your time in the Word, the more you realize, hey, you know what I need? I need to change some more things. Maybe an attitude. Maybe a, a, a something or maybe a habit. Maybe even, uh, hey, I need to change the, uh, my vocation. You see, the truth will really bring you joy. The Word of God will bring you peace. You think about it now. Let's, let's take old Elijah for just a moment. Elijah was a man that, you know, I mean, he lived... And king was Ahab. I mean, you know, his king, his leader, his president was Job. I mean, Ahab, you know. And, and so, as you think about it, oh, I mean, he really, and you know what he did? He walked on the scene. You know very little about Elijah, except that one day he walked on the scene, walked up to the king, and, and you know, said, hey, king, I've got news for you. It's not going to be a drop of rain. It's not going to be any dew for three years until you get your life right. No, Ahab, I don't think Ahab was really impressed with the, the, the sermon he gave. I don't think he started fearing and biting his fingernails. And one, I think he just kind of chuckled and went on about his business. But as time went on, he realized, boy, what that old boy said is true. I better, I better think about this. And so instead of getting right with God, he got mad at Elijah. So what did God have to do with Elijah? God had to hide him. Took him down by a brook and fed him with a raven. Now for a good Jew, a raven wasn't something that you fellowshiped with a lot. They were unclean. And I mean, you know, and, but God used the raven to feed Elijah till the brook dried up. And then he took Elijah down and put him in, in, in Ahab's wife's uh, hometown, Zarphath, old Jezebel. Boy, I tell you what. She's a piece of work, isn't she? Huh? She's a piece of work. But you know what? And then he brought, her, he brought Elijah and took, took Elijah and put him 
right in the midst of a widow's home and said, the widow's going to take care of you. My point of this is, is that through the trials of life, Elijah found one thing, that the word of God was sufficient to lead me where I need to go and to direct me. And because of that, Elijah was a joyful man. Now, how did he become joyful? He was abiding with the Lord. Now, I want, you, I want, to, I want to show you something, and I know I've got to hurry. I want you to see that not only must we walk in the truth, but we must protect the truth. Look what it says in verse number 7. Verse 6 makes it pretty plain. This is love that we walk after his command. Man, say, I love God. And you're not walking in the word. You're not walking according to scripture. Uh, Something's wrong somewhere. Either the book is wrong or you're wrong. If I say I love God and I'm going to live for God and I'm just going to live like I want, there's something wrong with that picture. Why? Because he said that we walk after his commandments and this is the commandment that you've heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it, walk in the word of God. Now, wait a minute. Look, if you will, how we need to protect the truth and who we need to protect the truth from. Notice he says, for many deceivers are entered into the world. You know, not everybody that says I love Jesus is really loves Jesus. Right. Not everybody that says I believe in God. I mean, I, I remember when we went to Israel and uh, one of the ladies came back and said, hey, I met a Muslim over across the street that believed that Jesus in Jesus. I remember old Don McCann said, ma'am, He don't believe in the same Jesus you believe in or I believe in. He said, go back over and ask him what he believes about Jesus. And so she did. And she come back with the craziest look on her face. Don said, well, what did she say? What did he say? She said, well, he said he believed he was a good teacher. Now, wait a minute. Look what verse 7 says. Many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Christ is come in the flesh. Now you can cut that any way you want. You can try to dissect and say and everything, but you know what? The Bible says that he came unto his own and his own received him not that God dwelt among us and what? The world did not really believe it. So the thing I want you to see is that there's imposters out there. There are deceivers. There are, are seducers. And, and we know who the father of them are. As, as Revelation 12, 9 says, And the great dragon which was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels uh, were cast out with him. I want you to know something. That old devil, that serpent, that, uh, that one that is a deceiver, He didn't try to get Eve to believe that there wasn't God. He just said, you know, hath God said. He just tried to cast doubt on what God said. As a matter of fact, Paul puts it this way in 
And, and well, just go over to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11 for just a moment, if you will. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. <coughs> Look in verse number 13 when we talk about these deceivers. He says in verse 13, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. If I can get my page turned, we'll read on. And, and no marvel, for Satan himself transformed uh, himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing that his ministers, oh, his ministers, are transformed as the ministers of righteousness. Now, notice that little phrase, that, that little word there, transformed. The idea of it is, is that they're, they're a bunch of masqueraders. They put on a face. You know, you know the old definition of a hypocrite was? was in the, in, in the early days of the, uh, of the uh, theater when the theater wasn't really a proper place to go, that, you know, that the, the people that were doing and playing the parts, they, they, were, they had to put on different faces and different masks to play different parts, and, and they, they really weren't genuine. And so really what the, the devil's trying to do, he's trying to get you as a child of God to do what? You know what? He's trying to get you to believe. Well, it's all right. Just because they don't believe like you do, they don't think like you do, they don't act like you do. And the reason is, is because you know what? They don't believe the same book you believe. Deceivers are everywhere. What do you do against uh, with deceivers? You stand against them. Well, let's go back to our text for another thing. Let's look at somebody else. Not only should we protect the truth from the, the deceivers, but look at in verse 8, he says, Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought. Notice that little phrase there, that we lose not. The idea is destroy not by your works those things that you have believed. Now, I think what he's really saying here, if you'll just go back to 1 John chapter 4, I'll help you out here. Look what he says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus is not come in the flesh, is, is, uh, that, come, uh, that Jesus is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. This is the spirit of Antichrist. No, amen. You see, there are people that who really are out to destroy you. They want to destroy what you believe. Why? Because they don't believe it. I mean, Jesus faced that crowd. You know, the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. The Pharisees, you know, they were, they were, they were religious, but yet, you know what? Not all they did was depend on their good works to get them to heaven. There are people that want to destroy your faith. And you know what you and I must do to those kind of people? We must protect the truth. Now, I'm not talking about being ugly. I'm not talking about being mean. I'm not talking about about saying, well, Brother Raider, you know, I just give him a piece of my mind. 
I remember what Dr. Jared Falwell said one time. Brother Rudy Hollins was a friend of Dr. Falwell's, and Dr. Rudy Hollins was a friend of mine. And Rudy said, told, said, I told Dr. Falwell one day, Dr. Falwell, he said, I want you to know something. I had some preachers the other day that, that was giving you a hard time, and he said, I want you to know something. I stood up for you. He said, you were my friend. I stood up for you. <laughs> I remember what Dr. Falwell said. He said, I told Rudy Hollins, Rudy, you don't have to stand up for me. You stand up for Jesus. You see, there are those that, my dear friends, want to destroy you. But look, there's, an, there's another group here. Look in verse 9. Notice what he says here. Uh, in in uh, for in Second John chapter uh, chapter one, obviously verse nine, he says, <coughs> "Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God." Now, now notice he says here, "He that abideth not." The idea here is run ahead of God. The idea is that they they're departing from the truth. Paul puts it this way in 2 Timothy chapter 4, For Demoth hath forsaken me love and, hath loved the, and hath loved this present world and is departed unto Thessalonica. You see, there's a lot of people that, oh, they believe the truth, but they depart. They lose what once was dear to them. Remember what Elmer Fitzgerald said one time to me, we were talking about things, and he said, Preacher, I want to tell you something. If it was wrong 20 years ago, it's still wrong. He said, if it's wrong in the Bible, it's still wrong. He said, I don't care what church, I don't care what preacher, I don't care who they are, says it's all right to change it. So, you know what? You stand against those that are departing. Now, wait a minute. Look in verse 10. There's another, another group here. Notice what he says. And if there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine. Now, what doctrine? Talking about the doctrine of Christ. That's what he said back in verse 9. Receive that have not the doctrine of Christ. He said, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed. Now, here's, here's people who, that we must uh, protect the truth from, those that are disloyal to the doctrine of Christ. We're living in a day in, in churches when the main thing is fellowship. I don't care, brother. It, it may be the music. You know, we live in a day when people are quickly departing from the old hymns of the faith. And, and, and you know, hey, they, they're the ones got to live with that, not me. I'm not departing from them. But you know what? You know what? There's a lot of people that they say, well, you know, we still preach the Bible. We still love the Bible. And you just give it time and you know what you'll do? You'll begin to change the version of your Bible. Pretty soon you'll begin to say, well, you know, maybe, you know, hell isn't as hot as people really want to make it. Them old fundamentalists, they preach hell and hell's hot and heaven's sweet. And boy, I want, maybe hell's just a mental thing. No, hell's a real place. And when, when you get disloyal to the doctrines of Christ, to this old book, I want you to know. Now, wait a minute. How do you protect the truth? 
And I'm not going to take time to dwell on here tonight, but here's the way. You love the Lord Jesus above all. Because his word is the truth. And if I, yes, here's the hard part of standing for Christ is that Jesus said, love your enemies. Mm, wish he hadn't said that. <laughs> I, I really do. I mean, you know, I, I mean, you know, people that are disloyal, hey, write them off, check them off, bunch of liberals. Jesus said you got to love them. <laughs> what about those that are just, you know, that not only have departed, but uh, those that are, are trying to destroy the, the, the things of God? <clears throat> you still love them. Why? For Jesus' sake. You see, a Christian life would be easy if you could just write the book yourself. <laughs> Man makes it hard, don't it? You see what I'm saying tonight? Protect the truth. How do you really protect the truth? You just love people. But you love the word more than you love people. And you may have to tell some people, hey, I'm sorry, but I don't believe that. <clears throat> I mean, I, I know people, that, and I know some preachers, you know, they're five-point Calvinists. You say, how many points are you? I'm not appointed, I'm not appointed Christian, all right? I believe the Scriptures. I don't have to persevere. I, hey, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not going to try to resist the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to believe what Scripture says. Just love the truth. Now, in closing... I want, I want to say this. When you're walking in truth, you protect the truth, you practice the truth, but then there's one last thing, you proclaim the truth. Look in verse 12. John saying, having many things to write unto you. In other words, he said, I'm not finished. I got a lot to say, but I don't have time to put it on paper. I'm not going to waste my ink. I, I'm going to trust the Lord that he'll bring me to you, when I talk to you, I'll talk to you face to face. You see, what does pro proclaiming the truth really do for us? Phillips Brooks said this, I love this. He said, truth is always strong, no matter how weak it looks, and falsehood is always weak, no matter how strong it looks. What does really walking in truth do for you? It makes your joy full. I, I've been preaching for almost 50 years. And you know what? The one thing I'm more sure of today than I've ever been in my life, this book is right. Whether I understand it all, whether I can quote it all, or whether, no matter what, it is right. And the one thing that I, I know it brings is joy. Jesus said, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy may be full. <laughs> I want you to know something tonight. The problem with us and the reason we get sad and we get depressed and we get bent out of shape is, is that you know what we do? 
we walk away or we drift away or we shy away from the truth of the Word of God. The Word of God brings truth and truth brings joy. I don't have to gloat over it. I don't have to brag on it. I can just simply realize that the way to have my joy full is to walk in truth. But then there's one last thing. Look down in verse number 13, what he says. Verse 13. The children of thy elect sister greet thee. Amen. Amen. So be it. Oh, I want you to know something. Truth brings assurance. Confidence. Not confidence in me. I have very little confidence in Raider Ogden, but I do have a lot of confidence in what God says. I do know that, my dear friends, I can tell you wrong. Maybe misquote something or missay something, say the right thing the wrong way and all that. But I want you to know something, my dear friends. When God says, walk after this commandment, you know what? I know that means exactly what it says. Walk. Live according to the Word of God. And when I walk in truth, when I walk in the love of Christ, when I abide in the fellowship with the Savior and with the Heavenly Father, I know one thing. It's all going to end well. It's all going to end right. So my challenge to me, to you, and to every believer, walk in truth. Walk in love. Abide in the Savior and let the Word of God transform us that we can show those masquerading that the love of Christ is real. Father, bless our time together. Speak to our hearts tonight as only you can. Help us, Lord, to realize that your book is true. And no matter what we think or how we try to reorganize it or we try to categorize it that your word is enduring and it will always be and Lord may you help us tonight to love you to love one another to walk according to the word of God that we might have your joy and have the assurance that one day, one day, we're going to all be victorious in you. We love you tonight. Speak to our hearts and have your way in this invitation as need be. And we'll love you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand, if you will. We'll sing a stanza so of invitation number 464 tonight. As the as song says, nothing between my soul and the Savior. You come. If you need to be saved tonight, Brother Lane's right down front. Maybe you need to pray about something. You need somebody to pray with you. We'll be glad to do that as you come tonight. Amen.
Tonight, tonight, my dear friend, nothing between you and the Father, nothing between you and the Savior, all well in the Father's house. Oh, we know that. But is all well in your house? Is your heart right? Are you walking like you should? Are you like Simon Peter walking afar off? Or are you like Demas walking away from God and away from His truth? I rejoice that I hear that your children are walking in the truth. That'll thrill any pastor. That'll thrill any evangelist, any missionary. That'll thrill your soul. Huh? You know, you know, a long time ago, when I was in Chattanooga, Tennessee, I come home one day from school. And Clay and little neighbor boy Joe were sitting on the steps as we go to, into our apartment. And Joe had his Bible, and, he was, and I could see he was showing Clay something. So I just stopped and said, boys, what are you doing? Joe says, well, I'm trying to show Clay here why we shouldn't do what we just did. <laughs> you remember that, Clay? Uh, and he, he read him a verse in Proverbs. And I thought, praise God. I rejoice in that. You know what? I rejoice in that. I rejoice when I see God's people, you know, come and say, man, did, did you read in the Bible? Or as, as one of our, our members said this week, boy, I love that new devotional book in Proverbs that you got. Boy, it just, it, it really helps me and speaks to me and, she began to tell me some things, and you could tell she'd read it, and she'd been thinking about it, meditating on it. Thrills my soul. Why? That's fertile ground. Fertile ground. That's what we need, isn't it? You break up that old fallow ground. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Brother Lane, dismiss us in prayer, please, sir.
Amen. Praise.